0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to ANAPLAN's second quarter fiscal 2022 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your touchdown telephone. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to your host, Ms. Adelita Kichapko, Vice President Finance and investor relations, please go ahead.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on today's conference call to discuss Anaplan's second quarter fiscal year twenty twenty two financial results. Joining me on the call are Frank Calderoni, our Chief Executive Officer, and Vikas Meta, our Chief Financial Officer. Second quarter fiscal year twenty twenty two financial results and discuss our financial guidance for the third quarter and fiscal year twenty twenty two. Please note that some of the information discussed on the call, particularly our guidance, is based on information as of August 31st, 2021, and contains forward-looking statements that involve risks, uncertainties, and assumptions, including those related to the continued impact of COVID-19 on our business and global economic conditions. The guidance we will provide today is based on our assumptions as to the macroeconomic environment in which we will be operating. Those assumptions are based on the facts that we know today. Many of these assumptions relate to matters that are beyond our control and changing rapidly, including but not limited to the scope and effectiveness of precautionary measures designed to contain and prevent the spread of COVID-19, the continued impact of COVID-19 on customers' purchasing decisions, and the length of our sales cycle, particularly for customers in certain geographies. Please refer to the documents we filed with the SEC, including the Form 8-K filed with today's press release, Those documents contain risks and other factors that may cause our actual results to differ from those contained in our forward-looking statements. These forward-looking statements are being made as of today, and we disclaim any obligation to update or revise these statements. If this call is reviewed after today, the information presented during this call may not be current or accurate. We will also discuss non-GAAP financial measures which are not prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. Unless otherwise stated during the call, all references to our gross margins, expenses, and operating results are on a non-GAAP basis. For historical periods, a reconciliation of GAAP and non-GAAP results is provided in the press release and in supplemental financial information on our website. And with that, I will turn the call over to Frank Calderoni.
2: Thank you, Adelita. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We delivered a strong quarter with year-over-year revenue growth of 36% the highest growth in the last four quarters. This quarter was a record performance in ACV and expand deal volume as a result of the focus on driving platform expansion into other use cases and functional areas. We had several large deals, over a million dollars, as the demand for enterprise-wide planning is growing. This is evidenced by the strong expansions we saw with 71% of new bookings coming from our existing customer base. Our global footprint is also making an impact across the board, and the increase of use cases going beyond just finance is a clear indication of how pervasive connected planning has become. We now have over 1,750 customers. Some of our new customers include Ford Motor Credit, a leading provider of automotive financial products and services, Yamaha a multinational corporation of musical equipment, Software One, a global provider of end-to-end software and cloud technology solutions, and Discovery, a global mass media company. From a go-to-market perspective, as businesses continue to recover globally, we are taking advantage of the improving demand environment. Under Bill Hsu's leadership, we've seen steady progress on our execution across areas such as pipeline generation and moving into larger, higher-quality deals, improving sales linearity, and elevating the story to resonate with the customer's most significant challenges. Focus in these areas drove higher ASPs and AE productivity. Across our geographies, we had strong growth in all regions. In the Americas, we had great traction in sales and marketing planning solutions deals as customers prioritized the acceleration of revenue growth this quarter, four of the top six deals in the Americas were in sales planning. In our international business outside of the Americas, Amita delivered strong growth and a healthy mix of new logos such as Morrison's, one of the largest grocery retailers in the UK. Asia Pacific delivered the highest year-over-year and sequential growth in net new ACV. I want to congratulate our Asia Pacific leader, Karen Clark for her stellar leadership. A key expand deal in Asia Pacific was with Tata Motors, a global automotive company with over $30 billion in revenue. This customer has built upon their existing SNOP use case and intends to expand their use of Anaplan beyond operations into other critical areas such as finance, sales, and workforce planning. I'm also pleased with the momentum we're seeing in our partner ecosystem. This quarter, the majority of our greater than $1 million deals were sourced or co-sold with partners. Our partners continue to invest in and hire Anaplan skilled resources, which is a testament to the level of customer interest they're seeing in the market for enterprise-grade planning solutions. Key GSI partners are staffing additional anaplan dedicated alliance development resources as they continue to grow it's exciting to see our partners scale their practices across newer territories including our first wins in switzerland with deloitte and two large wins in asia pacific showcasing our strength with partners quinay and deloitte in that region a great example of how our partner ecosystem helps drive the vision and implementation process is with our alliance partner, EY, and a leading U.S. life insurance company to modernize the financial forecasting by offering the scale, accuracy, and real-time data needed to make better decisions. EY worked closely with Anaplan and the customer to help craft the strategy, identify necessary capabilities, and launch the initial use case within five months. EY offered the customer a diverse team of industry professionals and master AnaPlaners with a deep understanding of the Anaplan platform. Our cloud partnership with Google Cloud, announced late last year, allows us to further build on our partner ecosystem. As you know, Google has been a great customer of Anaplan, and now this partnership will expand the reach of our platform to new geographies and provide opportunities for collaboration with the GCP go-to-market teams. In July, we launched Anaplan on Google Cloud in the United States. This marks the first time Anaplan is available on public cloud. We have already signed our first two customers as part of our GCP partnership, including Ford Motor Credit who is now using Anaplan on Google Cloud, which brings a wide variety of critical information about business operations into an automated and scalable environment. Our success in expansion selling this quarter was across many industries, including technology organizations such as Freshworks, who leverage Anaplan to meet their planning needs. We are also seeing significant traction with longtime customers such as ServiceNow, who have expanded their use of Anaplan to drive improvements in sales productivity. In addition, they will use Anaplan's predictive insights with AI ML capabilities to inform and prioritize day-to-day sales activities and support the success of their sellers. We also saw traction under our healthcare vertical, including Arden and Gem, a UK provider of health and social care system support. Arden and GEM deployed Anaplan to better manage the demand and supply chain planning of personal protective equipment. Given this successful partnership, Arden and Jem is looking forward to delivering even more Anaplan solutions to their national health service clients. Our leadership position in the office of the CFO helps us to further expand into other critical functional areas. A key indicator of the broad impact of our solution is the increase in use cases across the enterprise. S&P Global, with over 23,000 employees and $7 billion in revenue, is an early-stage connected planning customer. They were already using Anaplan for revenue, expense, and workforce planning. They have now added sales forecasting, quota and territory planning, as a solution to transform the go-to-market organization. S&P Global extended the use of Anaplan to increase sales productivity and provide a real-time single source of truth for sales leaders. Supply chain planning use cases have also gained traction. A new customer this quarter was Accolade Wines, one of the biggest wine companies in the world, with brands including Hardee's, St. Hallet, Rand Burge, and House of Errors. This customer needed to accelerate their planning cycles to standardize production and plan commercial spend in conjunction with increasing sales volume. Accolade Wines chose Anaplan as the only vendor to provide a complete end-to-end solution. Our customers see the critical need for powerful decision-making within both finance and operations. The pandemic has highlighted that sophisticated scenario planning capabilities are essential. We created a new category with Connected Planning a few years ago, and I'm pleased to announce that Gartner has validated our enterprise planning strategy in their first-ever Market Guide for Cloud Extended Planning and Analysis Solutions, which was just released earlier this month. They have recognized Anaplan as the only vendor who qualifies in all five additional planning functions with an xp and turnkey ability. As we continue to build in our market leadership, I'd like to share some of the progress we've made with our platform. I am proud of our engineering and product team, led by Anna Pinsic. Under her leadership, this team continues to innovate, adding new features and capabilities to deliver even more value to our customers. In June, we announced the availability of Plan IQ as another monetizable feature of our platform. Since its launch, we have closed several new Plan IQ customers across various industries and regions. This capability delivers higher value and ROI for customers, and as a result, we are seeing growing demand and interest. The power of Plan IQ has helped our customers with increased time savings, operational efficiencies, and new levels of forecast accuracy. Our UK customer, South Central Ambulance Service, noted that Plan IQ makes generating precise forecasts easy, taking only two and a half weeks to get up and running, and delivering quick time to value. In July, we announced the availability of new management reporting capabilities further extending and enriching Anaplan's existing set of reporting features. These new capabilities went live after running an early access program with select customers, and we've already seen strong adoption post-launch. Customers using this capability include Zillow, a leading online real estate marketplace, and Stenaline, a shipping line company and one of the largest ferry operators in the world. In summary, Q2 results reflect healthy momentum in our business. As we close the first half of fiscal 2022, I'm proud of our team and what we have accomplished. We have all come together, navigating the pandemic, focusing on the future growth and maintaining a strong upstanding culture. We have seen continued recovery with both the improvement in the macro environment and our execution against the fast-growing market opportunities for digital transformation. With the post-pandemic economy emerging, we are now focused on the second half and beyond, and we are confident in our ability to seize this opportunity. To help us take Anaplan to the next level, I am personally very excited to welcome Vakas Neva, our Chief Financial Officer. His active engagement across the company with his enthusiasm for our customers and partners have been impressive. I look forward to partnering with Vikas and the rest of my leadership team. With our dedicated employees and partners, we couldn't be better positioned to take advantage of this great opportunity. Now let me turn the call over to Vikas, who will discuss our second quarter financials and provide our outlook for the third quarter and fiscal year 2022.
3: Vikas. Thank you, Frank. I'm thrilled to be part of the Anaplan team. I believe that in the next decade, business applications will become even more intelligent, integrated, real time, and we have a massive opportunity to make an impact. It has been great getting to know the team here, and I also look forward to working closely with the investment community. Moving on to business performance, I'm pleased to report our second quarter results. We beat the high end of our revenue Billings, and operating margin guidance metrics, driven by solid execution and improving global trends. Total revenue was $144 million, above the high end of our guidance range, and up 36% year-over-year. Within this, subscription revenue grew 35% and comprised 91% of total revenue. Service revenue was $14 million, up 44% year-over-year, representing 9% of total revenue, which is in the range of prior and expected levels of around 10%. Our revenue results reflect improvement in booking linearity. From a geographic perspective, we are pleased with the results from our continued investments in expansion of field coverage and capacity. International operations, which we define as our MEA and Asia-Pacific geographic businesses represented approximately 45% of total revenue. This compares to 43% of total revenue in the same quarter last year and 40% in the second quarter fiscal year 2020. As you can see, global demand remains strong for enterprise solutions targeted at delivering true digital transformation across their business. This is highlighted by healthy growth of new customers in the quarter, bringing our total customer count to over 1,750. We now have 505 customers with ARR over 250,000, representing 29% growth year over year. Additionally, the number of customers with ARR over 500,000 and 1 million increased 33% and 53% year-over-year, respectively. As Frank mentioned earlier, we saw significant strength in expansions this quarter as customers continued to find additional value in the Anaplan platform. More than 70% of our net new ACV came from existing customers. This performance resulted in dollar-based net expansion rate, or NRR, of 119%, representing the third consecutive quarter of improvement, this is a testament to upsell success in the install base, as well as market validation of the need to extend planning to other areas beyond finance. In addition to continued success in delivering year-over-year growth in the volume of expand deals, our overall customer retention rate remains healthy and in line with historical levels. Looking at our performance metrics, calculated billings for the second quarter was $148 million up 36% year over year. Remaining performance obligations, or RPO, exiting the second quarter was $906 million, up 29% over last year. The current portion of RPO that is expected to be recognized as revenue over the next 12 months is $475 million, up 33% year over year. Looking at Q2, CRPO bookings growth of 33% reflects acceleration in net new ACV growth. As a modeling note, we expect to see continued variability in calculated billings and CRPO bookings growth rates based on differences in the timing of billing versus booking, early renewals, and off-cycle renewals. We recommend looking at both billings and CRPO bookings metrics on a trailing 12-month basis which will help normalize for these timing differences. On a trailing 12-month basis, billings grew 33% and CRPO bookings grew 30% year-over-year and is a clearer indicator of the underlying growth in our business. Turning to margins, total non-GAAP gross margin was 77%, less than 1% lower year-over-year, driven by higher services revenue mix, and investments in our data centers and public cloud. Within this, subscription gross margin was 84%, and services gross margin was approximately 8%. Over the near term, our gross margin will include the impact of a gradual increase in the cost of hosted services to reflect the impact of ramping our public cloud usage non Gap operating margin for the second quarter was negative 7.6%, over 1% improvement compared to negative 9% in the same period last year. Operating margin beat our expectations, reflecting strong revenue results and a shift in the timing of hiring and marketing expenses, which are now expected to shift to Q3. Net loss per share in the second quarter was negative 9 cents, based on 145 million weighted average shares. Turning to the balance sheet and cash flow, free cash flow for the second quarter was negative 24 million, and we exited the quarter with 313 million in cash and cash equivalents. Looking ahead, we are closely watching the impact of the Delta variant on the improving global recovery and how factors such as rising labor costs or production challenges could affect our customers. For the second half of the year, we expect third quarter fiscal 2022 revenue in the range of 145.5 million to 146.5 million. Within this, we expect services revenue to be in the range of 11 million to 12 million. As we mentioned last quarter, we remain focused on investments to expand our go-to market and product enhancements to drive further growth in the next year. That said, non-GAAP operating margin for the third quarter is expected to be in the range of negative 10 to negative 11 percent, as the timing of incremental investments in hiring and marketing costs shift from Q2 to Q3. Billings for the third quarter are expected to be in the range of 179 million to 181 million. This implies a year-over-year growth rate in the range of 23 to 25%. Looking at billings from a trailing 12-month basis, the midpoint of our Q3 billings guidance would represent 32% year-over-year growth. Weighted average share count for the third quarter is expected to be approximately 147 million shares. With our first-half performance and expected performance in the second half, we are raising our full fiscal 2022 revenue guidance to be in the range of 571.5 million to 573.5 million, up from 555 million to 560 million. We expect non-GAAP operating margin for the full year to be in the range of negative eight to 9%, consistent with our prior expectations and also reflective of our continued investment strategy in our platform, go-to-market, and our overall global scale. Weighted average share count for the full fiscal year is expected to be approximately 146 million shares. In closing, Q2 was a strong quarter, and we are very pleased with our first-half performance. We are looking forward to expanding our field and platform capabilities and continuing to deliver great customer success. With that, let's now open it up for questions.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a question at this time, please press start in the number one key on your touchtone telephone. We also ask that you limit yourself to one question only. And if a question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Your first question comes from the line of Raimo Lancho from Barclays. Your line is open.
3: Hey, thank you, and congrats on a great quarter. Um, Frank. my question is around the uh, um, what you're seeing in terms of customer engagement. So we saw this quarter very good numbers around the installed base, and you really have kind of done a great job over the last few quarters to focus there. Uh, as we're coming out of the pandemic and digital transformation projects are picking up again, what do you see in terms of new customer interest picking up? And, and you know, given the longer sales cycle you guys have, that's probably showing up more in the pipeline than in numbers, but what are you seeing there in general? Thank you.
2: Thanks, Remo. Uh, good question. You know, the, the first thing I would say is um, I, we're seeing, first of all, that the macro trends are improving, um, signs of a pandemic recovery. I think that's uh, over the last couple of uh, months, Uh, It's been uh, up and down a little bit, but I think it's trending in the right direction. I think many companies are realizing uh, as they've gone through the pandemic that there's a need uh, for digital transformation, and specifically from a planning perspective, the importance of uh, agility and and scenario planning. Um, I know we've talked now for a while about digital transformation, but I think uh, what I'm seeing, uh, especially in the last six months, is an acceleration of that. And I think those trends are sustainable uh, longer term. Uh, because the, I say that because of the magnitude of uh, the opportunities that have come up. Uh, you saw that we mentioned that um, this past quarter we had over six deals, uh, which were over a million dollars. Uh, that's an indication of transformational opportunities uh, that have been opening up. Uh, so I think that's continuing and specifically around planning. I think it's further validation – uh with some of the uh information that Gartner came out with earlier this month uh with their market guide really talking about the importance of operational planning um, they gave out some statistics in that report that um, there's only 5% of companies today that are actually leveraging operational planning uh they made a prediction that by 2024 uh 30% of organizations will do operational planning and by 2024 They feel like 50% will actually be developing roadmaps to get to operational planning. So I think all those um, macro trends, pandemic, digital transformation, the importance of planning, uh, and really the attention of all those at the executive level from what I've seen, especially over this past quarter, um, has heightened the importance of um, what companies are doing now, but also as they look out uh, over the next six months and over the next few years.
3: Thank
0: you. Thank you. And your next question comes from the, from the line of Brent Hill, from Jeffrey. your line is open.
3: Good afternoon. Fr- Frank, um, maybe if you can talk to some of the use cases you're seeing, you know, beyond finance. You mentioned sales. Uh, a lot of the work we've done, we've heard a lot of supply chain uh, adoption. Uh, can, you, can you walk through, you know, new areas that you're seeing and exciting kind of maybe uh, greenfields that, that you hadn't seen pre- pre-pandemic? Thank you.
2: Um, sure. You know, again, uh, this, this kind of highlights uh, what I just mentioned as far as the importance of operational planning and what uh, Gardner mentioned in their marketing guide. You know, we, we've been working on that uh, for the last uh, few years, really uh, setting the, the stage for operational planning and really leading the way in what we're doing and what we offer in our platform plus the innovation that we're having. So, uh, Cooley, you know, we've been in that 50 55% of our business Um, you know, originates in finance, uh, but we are seeing acceleration, as you just pointed out, uh, in supply chain as well as in um, uh, sales performance management. Um, I think, you know, if if you look at uh, some of the critical things that was mentioned even this morning on CNBC as far as businesses, they're looking at, you know, supply chain shortages. They're looking at um, hiring dynamics uh, in in the environment that we're in right now. They're looking at interest rate um, volatility all of those point to the need for operational planning. And from our pipeline, um, even though we had a strong um, second quarter with some of those uh, metrics that we mentioned earlier on the call, uh, the pipeline as we see it right now, you know, continues that strength going forward, uh, looking at sales performance management, uh, supply chain, as far as some key indicators. First of all, uh, I would say from a a use case standpoint, uh, we're seeing increased interest in that supply chain and sales planning. Um, As these opportunities become more multifunction, um, and also demonstrating the capability that Anaplan has to address these capabilities, we're also seeing, as far as as, uh, industry, uh, growth in pipeline deals for financial services, technology companies, manufacturing companies, life sciences, healthcare. And also, and I know we've talked about this in the past, we're seeing some early signs of some travel and hospitality deals companies kind of coming back into the pipeline. So that doesn't minimize the importance of finance. I I just want to emphasize that as well, because operational planning uh, begins and ends uh, in the office of CFO, uh, which I think is important. And it also showcases, again, uh, the strength of our platform uh, to be able to do that.
3: Thank you.
0: Next up, we have Dan Church from Goldman Sachs. Your line is open.
3: Great. Uh,
2: this is Dan Church on for Cash Rung, and thanks for taking the question. I guess uh, just a quick one for me. And you talked a little bit about it on the call, but now, now that Bill's had a couple quarters with with the, um, the the sales and marketing org, just any any kind of incremental changes and improvements driving efficiency or any low hanging fruit. And then you, you talked a little about investments and hiring pushing into the back half. So if you could just give a little color on how hiring is trended relative to plan and, and some of those investments you're looking to make, that'd be really helpful. Thank you. Sure. So, um, Bill's coming up on his eighth month anniversary with Anaplan, and so it's great to have him as part of the leadership team. You know, I I would say under Bill's leadership, uh, we've seen steady progress in our go-to-market execution. Um, I think the second quarter was a good indication of that. Uh, Bill's been focused on prioritizing out uh, foundational performance, uh, really focusing on the basics of pipeline generation to opportunity progression Uh, and the stages of of that pipeline. I think as a result of that, uh, what we saw this quarter, and similar to what I just mentioned as far as our pipeline for the second half, we're moving into larger, higher-quality deals, um, resulting in, as I said, this quarter we had six deals, large deals that were over a million dollars, which is great to see. Uh, We're also seeing improving uh, sales linearity um, more consistently across the quarter or throughout the quarter, which is – driven improved bookings linearity in Q2, and uh, we expect uh, that to uh, continue. We're seeing increasing, uh, through Bill's leadership, executive engagement, uh, driving higher expands and larger AFPs uh, as we uh, get more of our customers at the C-suite engaged in our transactions. And I think as part of that, uh, Bill has been getting the team to really elevate the story, to resonate with customers uh, and their most significant challenges. go back to what I was saying before. If we can get in there and we can talk about some of the problems that they're dealing with um, and offer solutions uh, that are able to uh, meet those challenges uh, in in the near term, and and that's the beauty of Anaplan, that we're able to go in there and deliver results, ROI, uh, results of improvement in a short period of time, I think that goes a long way. And I think the the momentum that we we saw this past quarter um, in our expand deals uh, would not have been possible without the support of our customer success team, which is part of Bill's organization. I have to say that they've done an excellent job really supporting, I would say, best-in-class uh, expansion selling, uh, driving that greater customer adoption, and making sure that we can get the realization of that value uh, becoming a top priority for our customers. And I, I know I've discussed this previously, but one of the factors that influences greater adoption is the number of customers who have implemented the COE, Or a center of excellence, we've mentioned that in previous calls. Uh, We continued even this quarter, uh, and I'm excited about this. The number of customers with a COE grew again this quarter, over 100% year over year, and this is now the third consecutive quarter where the COEs are now approximately one third of our customer base, which is which is great to see. So, a lot of great um, success. Uh, Really want to thank Bill and the go-to-market team for that success over the past uh, two quarters really helpful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And your next question comes from the line of Kirk Matern from Avercourt Ice. Your is open. Oh,
2: yes, yeah. thanks very much. Uh, Frank, I was wondering if you could expand
3: a little bit more on your comments around some of the wins you've had with the, the bigger GSIs recently. I think you mentioned a couple deals with Deloitte. You know, are, are those deals, when you go in there with them, really sort of enterprise planning, at a more sort of at a higher level or, or are they still sort of going after operational planning and then they can expand from there i'm just trying to get a sense on how they're positioning you as a platform for planning or is it more sort of precise you know solving one issue and then you know grow from there i'm just trying to get sense on, on where that is today and, and maybe where it could be you know six twelve months from now thanks
2: so in you know at, at the highest level i'd say it's both um but again when you start seeing transactions uh, larger transactions, more transformational transactions as part of an overall digital transformation of specifically what some customers call revolutionizing planning, uh, and that goes into that whole operational approach. That's really happening at the executive level, uh, at the C-suite, at the CFO level, and so forth, and we're seeing more of those opportunities come forward. You know, I, there's one I, I just uh, this morning uh, came up, which I, I can't mention the name, but I want to bring it up as an example. Um, This happened uh, in Q1 of last year. We we talked about a healthcare company that was really looking to, as they call, revolutionize their planning um, in finance, but really kind of looking at it from an operational standpoint. Uh, We got the deal uh, in Q1 of last year. Uh, We've been working with them and one of our strategic partners over this past year, implementing that planning, that is a strategic uh, planning, and actually this month, uh, they just went live And it's the first phase of a multi-year transformation for them. And the comments that came back today as they were celebrating their their Go Live uh, really are phenomenal as far as uh, taking a whole new approach to planning um, and talking about it from a finance out uh, into the business and and really kind of addressing some of the critical uh, strategic needs that they have in their business. And so we're seeing more of those examples. I think we saw more in Q2 uh, looking at the pipeline in the second half, I feel good uh, about those those types of transactions. Um, and, and the team, as I said before, with Bill and the rest of the go-to-market team, and I would say even across AnaPlan, are rising to the occasion uh, with our partners. I have to use this also as a, a vehicle to say that I want to thank our partners. The, the partner ecosystem that I think we have built uh, allows us to jointly. Uh, go after these opportunities, uh, solve uh, some of these challenges that these businesses are having, and begin a multi-year engagement. That's great. Thanks, Rick. Congrats.
0: Thank you. Next up, we have Michael Turin from Wells Fargo Securities. Your line is open, sir.
1: Hey there. Uh, thanks. Good afternoon. Welcome, I guess. Um, billings up 36%. You saw a big snapback at subscription revenue, which really stands out, too. So just want to – um, make sure is there anything one time or unexpected to call out that drove the more pronounced strength in Q two and then your guiding for mid twenties fillings growth um here in Q three is not just the more patient path towards recovery we've you've talked about um that you're assuming for the rest of the year is there anything else for us to be mindful of just as we work through work through our models from here? Thank you.
3: Michael, thank you for the warm welcome and uh... I'd start by saying that I'm I'm really uh, pleased with the second quarter results uh, that we had. Uh, We had strong Q2 with, uh, you know, highest growth that we have seen in the last four quarters. Uh, We had a strong uh, NRR at 119%, uh, and as you also saw, um, we raised our full year guidance. Uh, For the quarter specifically, I'd say, you know, two things uh, important. Uh, The first one was we saw strong bookings linearity here. Uh, and I'd uh, credit the sales team uh, and Bill uh, for the strong execution there. Uh, The second is in terms of services, uh, and uh, this is also an area where we did really well with 44% growth, uh, and what our uh, chief customer officer, uh, Aaron, has been driving has been fantastic. Uh, Frank highlighted that in an earlier uh, question as well. So overall, we, we saw good strength across the board, both in the subscriptions, through our uh, booking linearity as well as in our subscriptions uh, and services. In terms of execution, we specifically saw strength in expansions. And uh, as we highlighted, uh, 71% of our net new mix came from expansions. Uh, as we look forward, uh, we feel uh, we have a very healthy and robust pipeline. Uh, and uh, that is the reason why, why we raised our full fiscal year guidance. Uh, also, what I'd uh, what I've stated uh, earlier in the script as well as uh, prepared remarks was uh, looking at trailing 12 months uh, in terms of our billings uh, as well as bookings, uh, which were both uh, 33% and 30% respectively. And as you look forward, uh, you know, for the next quarter, the billings guide would be 32% if you take a tra- trailing 12-month basis. So overall, uh, we feel confident in our ability to execute, and we see a healthy and robust pipeline.
1: Thank you. Nice job to the team.
0: Thank you. Next up we have Siti Panigrahi from Mizuho. Your line is open.
2: Hey, uh, thank you. And because uh, congratulations, I also extend my warm welcome. Uh, uh,
3: Frank, I wanted to ask a little bit in, on that uh, Google partnership we talked about, mainly the cloud partnership. Help us understand a little bit is your
2: strategy more encouraging, encouraging your GCPs, you know, your your partners to, GSPs to, uh, uh, you know, uh, close deals on these partners, you know, on uh, cloud and as well as on their books? And how, how does it help
3: you in the long run in terms of your margin or even deal cycle close?
2: So let me uh, just step back and just uh, go through the strategy that we put in place or we announced back in the uh, fall of last year. Uh, with GCP and, and a similar strategy with, with AWS. Uh, first, um, as, as I mentioned, um, Google has been a, a great customer of Anaplan, and they've leveraged um, Anaplan uh, in various areas within uh, Google. Uh, we saw it and they saw it as an opportunity uh, for us to uh, bring that uh, performance of Anaplan on their cloud to our customers. So that was the first initiative that we, that we were looking for. As we think about expanding on the global footprint, um, having more access to cloud when you start thinking about data residency and various other requirements from that perspective, uh, the partnership with with Google Cloud allows us to really uh, expand uh, our opportunities and go after different opportunities from that standpoint. So that was the first. Second, um, we have also uh, been working uh, with GCP um, to uh, look at this as a vehicle to expand our further partnership and the to go-to-market. Um, and so uh, beginning now in the United States, as we went live on, on Google Cloud uh, in July, we're now able for GCP uh, sales team uh, to start to sell um, Anaplan on GCP uh, to go after new opportunities, new customers from that perspective, Um, One of those opportunities, clearly, that we talked about um, on GCP is Ford Credit, uh, one that we just announced, so it's great that we have that uh, partnership between uh, Ford Credit as well as uh, GCP and Anaplan. And then the third part of the partnership with uh, Google, and specifically GCP, is on technology. Um, Are there things uh, that uh, Google technology can bring uh, to Anaplan uh, for our customers, our joint customers? to be able to leverage uh, more capabilities on the Anaplan platform.
3: That's great. Thank, thanks, Frank.
0: Thank you. And next up, we have Alex Zuckin from Wolf. Your line is open. Thanks so much. Um, Frank, this the
1: first one for you. If you think about the pipeline uh, from the construct of how much of it would you classify as being
2: you know, kind of in any of the quarter itself, pent-up demand from customers that were maybe waiting to see more consistency in the macro economy before making a decision, uh, how much is, you feel, like is pent-up demand, how sustainable uh, is
1: some of the demand, uh, and then I've got a quick follow-up for uh, the customer.
2: So, Alex, I think I got most of that. You were breaking up a bit. Uh, but uh, as far as the uh, demand that we're seeing – Uh, You know, I'd I'd go back to some of the comments I mentioned before. I I see it uh, from a macro trends uh, standpoint kind of improving. Uh, First, I think it's a result of uh, the pandemic uh, recovery. Uh, Second, um, I would say it's the digital transformation accelerating, uh, especially with some of the challenges I mentioned before uh, within uh, companies dealing with the pandemic, uh, bringing that front and center. And I I think those those, uh, projects are – uh, now accelerating, and I think that's more of a longer term trend for us. Uh, and then third, I, I just think the emphasis on planning and the need for, uh, scenario based planning, uh, focusing on agility, uh, making changes within, uh, organizations and operations, uh, plays well, uh, to our platform, uh, and the capability that we have. So I see that as the primary driver of, uh, the business trend that we saw in Q2 and that which uh, we're continuing to see as we look at the forecast of the second half. Understood. And then because maybe you you, you, meant you guys talked about seeing some really strong uh, expansion dynamics within, inside of your customer base. Can you talk to how we should think about the trend line for uh, NRR or DB&E in the back half of the year? Is this
3: 119 the right you know, way to think about it? Is it potentially higher than that? How should we think about that in the guidance? Hi Alex, and uh, thank you for the question. Look, at, as uh, if you step back and look at our business model, I think it's a it's a pretty simple business model with land, expand, and customer success. Uh, land more and larger deals, you know, drive great experience for those customers, and then extend it further uh, into other use cases. Uh, and what is interesting is our product is inherently built to drive that virality as well as extensibility. Uh, and this was evidenced, as you mentioned, in our uh, mix of customers with uh, net new ACV being 70% plus, uh, as well as, as uh, Frank mentioned, um, you know, several one, 1 million deals, as well as our strong NRR at 119%. So, this mm-hmm. is all evidence that the business model, uh, as, as we are looking at it, is working really well in terms of land expand and customer success. Um, And specifically for NRR, uh, if you look at it, uh, we had uh, early expense uh, this quarter, um, and if you include those, uh, in fact, the NRR would be greater than 120 percent. As we look beyond, look, I will not guide specifically to what it is, and we we don't, uh, but we will continue to aspire uh, for steady improvement there.
2: You know, one thing I'll just jump in, Vikas, I just want to add to that. Uh, really pleased with the, um, the amount of expansion that we had uh, with existing customers. And I know we've talked about this on previous calls, uh, especially during the pandemic, the focus on current customers and working with them as to meeting their needs. And I think this shows uh, how it's playing out. And just as a, a further validation of uh, as you continue to focus on uh, current customers and expansion, Uh, The top 25 customers, we were just looking at this the other day as we were prepping for this call. Uh, The top 25 customers, on average, their ARR is approaching $5 million, with several higher than that. And it just shows that uh, those customers are clearly uh, seeing continued need uh, for Anaplan. The other thing which I think is also of note, which we did some analysis on, is those top 25 customers, the the 50%, over 50% of those top 25, had three or more buying centers, and approximately a third uh, represented had about two uh, or more buying centers. So, uh, it shows that of those 25, they're not just in one use case or in one functional area. They've seen the value of operational planning, and it goes back to what we said before about the validation of what uh, Gartner said in their market guide as far as that importance uh, and where it is right now versus where it's going to continue to go in the next several years.
3: Perfect. Thanks, Vikas. Congrats on, on a great first quarter of CFO. Thank you, Alex.
0: Thank you. Next up we have Brent Brayston from Piper and Larry Line is open.
3: Uh, thank you. Good afternoon and a warm welcome to Vikas on the first call. Uh, Frank, uh, the highest subscription in RPO growth in the past years is uh, certainly encouraging here. My, my question is on the composition of the second half pipeline. Do you expect existing customer mix to to be drive to drive the recovery here? I think it was what 70% in the quarter. Or are there signs that, that new customers are also starting to, to to rebound here? And then two, if you look at the breadth of the pipeline, I think there were about six million dollar deals in Q2. Do you see broader breadth uh, in the pipeline for the second half, or, or do you still see a, a larger contribution of a uh, million dollar plus deals? Thanks
2: so um, i would answer that question both i feel really good about the new business the new lands um, that we've seen in the first half and especially in the second quarter uh, and also uh, how that will continue in our pipeline going forward and then continued success uh, with the expansion that the cost and i just talked about you know if, if i look at uh, from a new uh, perspective um, in the second quarter We had some impressive new customers, uh, some of which we highlighted. Uh, We were able to mention some of their names, but we also had a large global financial institution, which was very close to a million dollar deal as a new customer. This customer had a need for rapidly uh, modeling different macroeconomic scenarios uh, to have a potential impact on their capital requirements. Um, They're deploying Anaplan, or will be deploying Anaplan uh, for several hundred users across finance. And being that they are a large global uh, financial institution, uh, they decided to come uh, with Anaplan uh, not only just for this transaction but to really kind of uh, start to transform uh, on the Anaplan platform for years to come. So uh, I feel good about those type of opportunities uh, that we saw in the second quarter um, and further opportunities as we look at the pipeline uh, in the second half and even beyond that. Uh, and then the continued focus. Uh, for the expansion, uh, the whole uh, focus on a customer adoption, uh, working with our customers to solve more of their challenges as they see and uh, see value and get leverage uh, in AnaPlan. So it's, it's a combination of both.
3: Helpful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And your next question comes from the line of Scott Berg from Needham. Your line is open, sir. Hey guys, this is Josh on for Scott. Uh, Thanks for taking my question. Uh, How should we think about the source of new logos, whether from direct sales or uh, partner-driven? And has there been any change in this mix post-COVID in following some of the internal sales changes that you've made? And then secondly, quickly, just along that front, are you seeing any difference in sales cycle recovery domestically versus in international markets? Anything to highlight there? Thanks, guys.
2: So there are a couple of questions there. I'll take the first, uh, really kind of talking about the, um, the land business. I'll ask the cost to talk about the international, if you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the, uh, the new customer uh, business, I, I would say that um, if I step back and look at both the, the new and the expand business, uh, what we're seeing um, is a continuation of some of the trends I mentioned earlier. Um, as, as things have been progressing through the pandemic um, and the need for digital transformation as well as the uh, it, it enhanced uh, need for planning and scenario planning. Uh, that's had the most uh, impact as far as the um, amount of business that we have from land and expand. Um, and I, I would, I would again, suggest that um, it's, it's a good mix, a uh, good focus for us. Um, I think uh, if I look at uh, back what I was saying before about Bill and the go-to-market team, uh, the way that we go after those opportunities, uh, we go after them through our account executives uh, seeking out new deals, uh, which they work on their own as well as in partnership with partners. Uh, We have an SDR, basically a call center that goes after transactions, and then we also develop expansion uh, opportunities from our uh, customer success team. That is not changed uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, but going back to some of the points that I mentioned earlier, that Bill has been emphasizing uh, across the team as well as with our partner ecosystem uh, to focus on the customer business outcomes uh, to make sure that we're going after some of the opportunities and challenges that they have. Going higher in the organization, I think, are enabling us to uh, work all of those in a more effective way and being more uh, you know, getting better at, at the execution.
3: Let me jump in with the geographic perspective here. Um, look, we had a, a very good uh, broad-based growth across all the three geographies. Uh, growth was north of 30% uh, across each of, each of the uh, North America EMEA as well as APAC. Uh, and specifically, as you look at our Q2 productivity, uh, we also saw our deal velocity improve, especially as we were driving more expand sales here. Um, sales productivity increased uh, and improved in general, uh, both sequentially as well as year over year. Uh, As we look specifically uh, at international, uh, both MEI and APAC did did really well, and we called out uh, APAC specifically as they had a very strong net new ACV quarter. So overall, uh, from a geographic perspective, we feel that there's a very balanced growth uh, at the same time, uh, we are watchful of the une- uneven recovery that we see uh, through the sort of pandemic. Uh, but overall, we remain confident.
0: Thank you. And our last question for today is from Pat Wall-Ravens from JMP. Your line is open.
2: Oh, great. Thank you, and congratulations. Uh, so because we're going to make the last one about you, if that's OK. Um, I mean you have a great you, you joined relatively recently you have a great background you know 10 years at microsoft time at walmart and nike uh what made you want to take this job
3: that, that's a great question and, and thank you for asking me that uh listen uh, uh I'll, I'll highlight three things that that really first um, make me feel that i, I made the right decision uh, and also highlight why i made the decision uh, the first and most important thing um, was um, anna Plan is a value-first company. It's a value-driven company through and through. Uh, and how you know the employees uh, behave, how integrity is foremost, is uh, comes through in the value-driven discussions. Uh, the values, the six values we have: uh, openness, authenticity, inclusiveness, uh, uh, collaboration, creativity, tenacity, come through in everyday business that we have uh, within the company. And the second thing, uh, what was very impressive for me is the product. Uh, look, Anaplan runs on Anaplan internally, and I see that on a day-to-day basis. But even when I was uh, outside uh, and, you know, talking to customers' partners, uh, as well as being a customer, I saw just the potential the product had, uh, as well as what it could do in terms of solving customer challenges and complexities. Uh, and the last one I'd say, you know, similar to the collaboration point I made earlier, uh, I, I felt the, the leadership team is very cohesive. In my discussions with Bill, Marilyn, Anna, Frank, one thing came through very clearly. There was a shared vision, shared purpose, and a deep ownership mindset. Um, so those were the things that I was looking for um, in addition to, of course, a massive opportunity that is ahead of us. Um, So it's always people first uh, when I think about opportunities, and uh, uh, I I feel I made the right choice.
2: That's super. Thank
3: you. And I have to say it's great to have you here. Uh,
2: The first month has been a great one. I've enjoyed the partnership, and I see so much opportunity going forward, so welcome again. Thank you, Frank. I want to thank everyone for joining us uh, on today's call. Uh, We appreciate your continued support, and we look forward to speaking to you again uh, next quarter. Have a great evening.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This will today's conference call. Thank you all for joining. Him and i disconnect.